So many times I've heard people talking about money mindset, abundance, wealth, all of the things that we truly ultimately desire. But so often I hear people talking about what that looks like when you are starting from the ground up, especially for those of us who are freelancers who spend all of our time building everyone else's businesses. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And there's a point where it's like, okay, wait, what about us? Most of the conferences we go to are geared towards the business owner and not towards the freelancer who's building that business. And so today I actually wanted to share a little bit of my keynote speech from the Mama's Talk Money Summit. So if you are a freelancer, this is gonna be geared towards you. Now to give a little bit of history, my name is Rachel Peterson. I was actually a single mom on welfare just a decade ago, and today we own two seven-figure businesses. Now, if you're anything like me, you've heard about mindset and you literally roll your eyes, you cringe, you're like, oh, that's so woo-woo, I'm not gonna go there. But let me just tell you, <laughs> mindset, especially specifically the mindset of wealth, abundance, and having a fantastic money mindset has absolutely transformed my life and my business. And I'm gonna share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned. But before we dive on in, I want you to take a moment. If you are listening on the podcast, feel free to answer this to yourself. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, I want you to answer this in the comments, okay? Money is fill in the blank. Go ahead and share your comments and your immediate thoughts. The first one that came to mind, all right? Now, a decade ago, I was a single mom. We, I was going through a big engagement breakup and we were actually getting evicted from our condo. And at night I would just sit and Dakota would literally lay in the corner of my, you know, my elbow and I'd sit there and, and look at her and I'd say, you know, this is not what our life is gonna look like. We're gonna change something. We're gonna figure out something. Um, I, I just knew that something had to change. But where I grew up, where I came from, what I was about to raise this daughter in was definitely not abundance, definitely not wealth. And to be honest, I had never worked on my mindset before. I didn't even really know what that was. So every single night, I imagined winning the lottery. And back then it was really different because I imagined that if I won the lottery, I would you know, get hair extensions and get plastic surgery and drive the most souped up Range Rover and carry expensive bags. And what's so interesting is how much has changed since that immediate, uh, or rather that back in time, that throwback thought. However, I didn't realize that I was actually programming my mind and setting myself up to grow in my money mindset. Believing that I could win the lottery was a really big first step for me, which sounds kind of weird, but if you've never expanded your thoughts of what's possible, sometimes it can be a really fun and freeing way to start. Now, here's the thing. How our brains work. Now, important disclaimer, I am neither a financial advisor nor a psychologist, nor am I pretending to be either, cool? So nothing in this is meant to be mental health advice or financial advice, but rather a few of the lessons I've learned and some best practices I've picked up along the way from literally broke in poverty to, I guess, multimillionaire. So we have two major parts of our brains and the, the overriding part of our brain or what has usually been trained to override for most of us is what's called our amygdala. Or if you watched Waterboy, it's the amygdala, right? And then there's a second part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex. Now the amygdala is actually responsible for survival. So if you've ever been through difficult seasons where money wasn't around or you didn't know how you were gonna pay the bills or get food that particular month, your amygdala, I almost said it, amygdala is actually taking over the show and helping to dictate all of your choices and 
every decision that you make, the actions that you have, the beliefs that you hold based on what's going to be safest. What that means is that as we dare to expand or step out or try something new, that part of our brain is constantly firing saying, nope, 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 this isn't safe. We got to go back to what's safe. However, there's good news here. There's a second part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex. It's probably actually, I think, right here. If I'm, I think I just backed it up. The prefrontal cortex is responsible for navigating difficult situations without going into fight or flight or the five Fs, if you want to look at it that way. It's responsible for expansion. It's responsible for calculating risks and being comfortable taking big action steps, doing things outside of our comfort zone. See, here's the thing. Fear isn't always bad. Sometimes it can keep you safe. However, it can also keep you stuck, especially when it comes to money. So I want you to imagine that your comfort zone is a circle. Now, some of us have you know, a comfort zone this big. Some of us have a comfort zone this big. And where, however big your current comfort zone is, that's where you can comfortably go and you have free range of motion inside of that comfort zone before your amygdala takes off and starts firing and says, nope, 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 let's go back to safety. This is also true with financial capacity, meaning if a goal is outside of our current money mindset or our framework of reference, what we believe is possible, what we want is out here. However, our brain is programmed to keep us inside of our, our little circle. It's almost more like a cave back in the old days. And so what's really interesting is imagine that inside of that comfort zone is a big stick in the middle of that comfort zone, a big old strong stake. And attached to that stake is a rubber band that is super strong. And the other end of that rubber band is attached to your back. So what happens is you have free range of motion as long as you stay where you've always been. Got that? Especially with money. And if you try to cross over, your amygdala kicks in, resistance kicks in, and that shows up in so many ways from self-sabotage to backing away from opportunities to making mistakes to spending it all, right? And this is so wild. So one of the things that we first and foremost have to do is we actually have to break through our current comfort zone, but also our current financial comfort zone. And so if you needed to break a really strong rubber band, you wouldn't like tiptoe to the edge and try to like lean over because it would pull you back in. Instead, what you need to do is take a running start and get some momentum, maybe grab the hand of hope on the other side from a mentor who can pull you through to an area that you do not yet know. I love the 54321 method from Mel Robbins, the five second rule. It's been really helpful for me, especially as I expand kind of everything in our lives. Now, here's an interesting thing though, because things like buying a lottery ticket might not feel super outside of your comfort zone because it always feels like a distant possibility, not super probable, but you know what I'm saying. Now, what's interesting is more than 70% of lottery winners go broke. Why do they go broke? You ready for this? We're gonna dive into these truths. You will never get more or keep more than you think you deserve. I'll say that again, you will never get more or keep more than you think you deserve. Now, my husband, Paul, is from Honduras. He grew up in a very different, I guess, pace of life, culture, experience than what I grew up in. And he gave me a perspective that I absolutely loved because I was talking about how, as just some of my thoughts on minimum wage, and he said, you know, the reason, Rach, that there's a minimum wage is because if they didn't have that, people would work for less. 
And that perspective kind of flipped everything upside down for me. You see, when someone applies for a job or a freelancer gig within our company, I look at things with a little bit of a different lens. For example, I know that they're telling me where their current level of self-worth or belief in their selves is at. So if they're charging less, I know that I'm gonna have to come in with a different mentality. I'm going to have to do a lot more reassurance, a lot more building up. It's going to be mentally more difficult for me as an employer. So when I'm looking to hire people, if I have time, I might hire someone who's a little more cost effective. If I have a lot less time and I need someone to get the job done right with very little reassurance, I'm gonna go for the more higher priced person because their price point is telling me that they have certainty in themselves. Now, this is gonna sound really cheesy, but in order to grow into a wealth and abundance mindset, you need to start programming your mind to see it right here and right now first. And I'm just gonna do a couple quick obvious checks because this is an important perspective shift and I experience this perspective shift a lot. Number one, can you breathe unlimited oxygen? If the answer is yes or mostly yes, beautiful. You're experiencing abundance already. Number two, do you have clean drinking water? Beautiful, abundance again. Are your needs mostly met? Amazing, so abundance is all around you already. And I'm gonna add another layer to that. If you have ever worked with a client or are currently working with clients, or you've ever had a job that met your needs, there's some more uh, examples of abundance, places where we can direct gratitude before we focus on expansion. Now, Louise Hay has an amazing meditation on YouTube. You can look it up. And she recommends actually visualizing gratitude for everything. Side note, I'm going to quick plug this. I don't, I can't share the name of my book yet. It's coming out in fall 2022. But I've loved Louise Hay for a long time. And my book is coming out through her publishing house, uh, Hay House. Which is so exciting, okay? Do you have a bed? Do you have a pillow? Do you have a fridge? Do you have a car? Do you have a TV? Do you have a phone? Do you have a computer? If the answer is yes, these are even further examples of wealth and abundance around us. Now, it's interesting. I will say one of the things that is adds a cool perspective is the fact that I have been in poverty and I've also experienced not extreme wealth, but the other side of the equation. And what's interesting is kind of being able to see how much I have to be grateful for today. But so do you most likely. For example, do you have people you love? Do you have people who love you? Do you have breath in your lungs? Because if so, that's a beautiful thing. And I want you to take a moment to be gra uh, grateful for it. It's a beautiful thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. In order for you to start attracting money, wealth, opportunities into your life, I used to think when I have the things that I wanna have, I'll do the things that I have to do in order to become the person I wanna be. And I listened to this uh, interview with Terry Crews on The Tim Ferriss Show, and he shared that he came across a powerful formula that flips everything 100%. Instead of have, do, be, he focuses on be, do, have. He started to study people who were rich and successful and getting everything he wanted in life. And he said, what if I decided to act like one of those people? Most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh, case in point, I actually have a really good example of this. I didn't plan on this, so I got to grab it. But on this table somewhere, I actually have 
here we go. This interesting ring. So I'm not huge into rings. Um, I always wish I could be someone who wears rings, but this is what I wear when I travel. It looks like a big old blingin' ring, like we're ballin', like <laughs> it, it's big, okay? Someone once asked me, actually, while I was getting my nails done, they were like, was this $100,000? How much was this? Uh, how many carats is it? Okay, fun fact, this ring is 50 bucks, maybe 60 with tax. The reason I share that is because when I wear this ring, a lot more people assume I'm successful and I see it because I watch their eyes look at my ring and then make their own judgments about who I am. So what would happen if you were to adopt the behaviors, the actions, the beliefs of someone who had incredible wealth and abundance? What would that look like? In order to step into wealth and abundance and also attract the opportunities that bring it, you have to first and foremost embody the person with wealth and abundance. Now here's an interesting thing. Okay, this does not change a Dagon thing about me. Um, sometimes I almost roll my eyes a little bit at the game of perception that we play because I know that perception means jack diddly, means nothing. Um, but yet I recognize that we're playing a perception game, especially when we're working with clients. And if you can appear to be someone who's successful, most people are going to assume that you are. And so a lot of times when people talk about embodying the person that you want to be, they talk about how you dress, your website, your professional photos, your business cards, your bag, overspending. But I actually think there's a more simple and practical formula that doesn't just tap into the perception game. No, I'm not telling everyone to go get a bunch of fake uh, rings that make you look like a baller. But if you also wanna do that, it's kind of fun. So we're gonna dive into five really practical steps and belief shifts into building wealth because these may challenge some of the beliefs that you've carried from past times in your life, perhaps when you were in survival. Okay, number one, imagine you go to a friend's house and the friend is like, Ugh, you're evil. You are just, you're never there when I need you. You'd be like, dude, I'm never going to this friend's house again. See, here's the thing. Money likes to go where it's accepted and respected. Don't block money from coming into your life. Start treating it a little kinder. Money is just paper. Money is just a tool. Money is just a resource. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Actually, let's dive on into it. Because point number two is money does not hold anything except for the power you assign to it money is just an amplifier for who you are or who rather who you choose to be it doesn't have anything to do with your upbringing but it has everything to do with who you decide you're going to be if you've ever met someone who was fantastic and then they got rich and then they suddenly got greedy you just found out who they really were underneath that poverty it's a wild thing Lesson number three I learned, money doesn't like to stay with irresponsible people. Uh, there was a point actually in our business where we grew our business, um, actually between the two businesses, we grew them to $86,000 a month. And I'll just be super honest with you, I used to say like, oh, those lottery winners were all stupid. If you gave me a chance to win the lottery, I sure wouldn't blow it. But guess what? Guess, guess what I did? I blew through that monthly revenue and struggled every time it was time for payroll because the truth is I didn't learn the skill sets 
to hold on to money. I didn't learn how to budget. I didn't learn how to invest. I didn't learn how to save. So if you're watching this, you can actually learn from my mistake because it took me about one or two more years before we figured out this whole budgeting thing and learning how to actually be responsible with money. It is time to budget ASAP. Now this is super early easy on, okay? It is super early uh, easy early on. It gets harder the more money you make because the truth is a wallet expanded does not easily contract. Have you ever had like a, a really nice car and for whatever reason you decided to downgrade to like a beater? I have done this once in my life. Um, I followed a certain financial person's expert to like get rid of all my bills and stuff and so I, I started driving a beater and that was really difficult. <laughs> really difficult it was so hard to like go back to you know the cracked windshield and the broken headlight and the the trunk that doesn't work um and then the one door that you, doesn't open so passengers have to climb through the driver's side it was very challenging a wallet expanded does not easily contract and so i am a huge believer that the sooner you implement a budget the less painful the lessons will be for example um, actually, someone on the TikTok Live as we're going shared something that I think is really important. So let's go to lesson number four because I love this topic. Most people confuse being rich with wealth. A lot of people think tons of fancy cars, a gorgeous house, they're loaded. That actually isn't usually the case. You see, really wealthy people, people with abundant mindsets recognize that truthfully, while you can enjoy a car and a house, those are liabilities. A house and its bills, rarely an investment, especially if you're living in it. You've got to start looking at your money as a tool to build wealth. $2,000 for a purse or $2,000 invested into a course that allows you to start a business that helps you to get your freedom back. $2,000 for a purse or $2,000 invested into a safety net savings account so you have peace of mind along this journey. $30,000 for a car or 10% on a rental property? I'll let you decide. Now here's a big hint. Specifically, riches come after the disciplines of wealth are implemented. Number five, scared money doesn't make money. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm scared, I feel like spending, splurging. Anyone else? Whenever I am, let's say, having an anxiety attack and really struggling to get out of it, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to go to Target for some paper towels. And suddenly I'm going to spend 100 or 200 bucks on stuff I didn't even need. And if I didn't even unpack the trunk, I would never remember any of it because none of it was actually needed. Does that make sense? Being scared with money means spending it all. Because deep down you're scared it's not going to be there again. Now, I grew up in, a, in an amazing... Um, interesting, very, uh, I actually don't even have words to describe the household I grew up in. There was so much good and there was also so much that was character development, as many of us have been through. I grew up with not a lot of good food uh, in my house, definitely not ever prepared. So when I would go to my friends' houses, I would just binge so much food. I would eat all of their food because I was so afraid that I wouldn't experience it again. And when I was sitting at their houses, I would be like, downing salami and the good fruit roll-ups and chips and dip and I was just chowing through food and I literally thought this is the good life this must be how the wealthy live right but here's the thing that's actually what scarcity looks like 
A lot of people think that abundance means to go splurge and be irresponsible, treat yourself nonstop. And while there is some truth to the idea of splurging, triggering a more positive money mindset, it also can indicate, at least in excess, it can indicate a fear with money, a fear that it's never going to happen again. Being brave with money, having a fantastic money mindset means to trust that money is everywhere. In fact, I'm going to look up the most recent stats because uh, this blows my mind every single time I look this up. So we're going to look up the number of millionaires in just the United States alone. Okay, just to remind you, because I grew up in a neighborhood where there were certainly no millionaires. Um, it was just it was not a wealthy neighborhood, to put it very, very nicely. There are currently 21.951 million millionaires in the United States alone. So you need to remember that money is everywhere. Clients and opportunities are everywhere. We do not need to spend every dollar that we get, especially not the dollars above and beyond our budget or, or the, what we're needed uh, in order to make our ends meet, but not only to plan ahead and and snap out of the survival mentality, hey, there's never going to be money again, but recognize money's everywhere. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to spend it all right here, right now, today. This isn't the last time I'm going to see it. It can absolutely shift everything. Now, for those of you who stuck here until the end, I'm going to share with you the steps I wish I had taken sooner. Once again, this is not meant to be financial advice, but if I could start over from the beginning, my gosh, you guys, I probably literally would have had millions in the bank account, literally just hanging out, right? This is the step, these are the steps that I wish I had taken sooner. And these are the steps that we have been taking, which is really cool. Are you ready? So step one, step one is create a budget. Yeah, like today. <laughs> step two is create a plan to generate an extra thousand dollars per month, okay? So if you wanna build, uh, a five or a six figure business, you could probably generate an extra thousand dollars a month. For most people, that's one or two clients. For some people, that's half a client, okay? Step three, now this is really important because you're gonna experience an increase in the money coming in. Stick to your original budget. Should I say that again? Step three, even though you make more money, learn from my mistake here. Stick to your original budget. Step four, if you invest this 1,000 extra per month for 20 years at 5%, that's just 1,000 a month. Who here says, yes, I'm a business owner and I, can, I know I can make at least $1,000 a month extra above and beyond what I need if I will create a budget and stick to it, okay? If you just invest that $1,000 extra per month for 20 years at 5%, which by the way, is very reasonable, I didn't say 10 or 20%, you'll have $415,000 in your account in 20 years. If you're younger watching this, in 30 years, that's 840K. And if you are a youngin, I'm gonna say that I'm young, I've lately been saying that I'm not, I don't feel so young, but I'm gonna say I'm young. If you're 20 or 30 or even 40, that's 1.5 million in 40 years. Just by adding that extra thousand into uh, a savings that isn't even crazy high yield, 5%. Now, if you invest 2,000 per month, that's 840K in 20 years, 1.6 million in 30 years, and 3 million in 40 years. Now, is that enough to retire? Depends on how you choose to live. 
we didn't even talk about how you could possibly pay down your debt as well because you may end up creating more than an extra 1000 per month, especially if you have big goals. But that is how wealth compounds. It's over time. So you follow the discipline. You create the budget. You stick to the budget. You increase your leverage. Your leverage, by the way, is excess money that's not committed. And that is wealth leverage. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. I hope you've enjoyed this particular content. It's been kind of fun to talk about this and especially because I think sometimes freelancers get really overlooked with the idea of how to build wealth and they get stuck on the client to client, paycheck to paycheck hamster wheel. And so I hope this supports you and I'll catch you guys later. Bye for now.